Hi, guys. Welcome to chapter two of Pour a Glass. We are kind of going a different route with this whole chapter, and we're really spilling the beans on our experience as former athletes, former college athletes, um, and just kind of what happened. And it wasn't easy. But before we jump into the topic of choice and the where things really hit the fan we're gonna rewind a bit and kind of give you guys a backstory of how we got involved in the sports that we played and then kind of how we led down that college scholarship path yes I'm very excited this is something that I personally have spoken about a lot but Erica hasn't at all so I'm really excited to dive into kind of just everything and expand your mind to make sure that you are not only known as an athlete, but you're own, known for other things as well. So first things first, what sport did you play? <laughs> Great segue. I played soccer. Um, I started playing when I was two because my older sister actually played before me and she's the one that got me into it. Um, and then I played actually soccer and basketball until I was eight. And that's kind of the age for me where soccer got really serious and I had to make a choice. So then at the age of eight is when I started to play competitively. And then the rest was kind of history, honestly. What about you? So I played water polo. I come from a water polo family. Well, my mom was the number one water polo player in the world for a very long time. She went to the Olympics. My stepdad played water polo, but my dad played football. So I do come from an athletic family. And actually, my cousin was really good in soccer, too. So I played soccer. I played volleyball. I played so many sports and actually didn't play water polo. That was my last sport to try because I saw my mom get pummeled left and right when I was a kid. And I was like, there's no way in hell I'm going to be playing sport like interviewers and they would always ask like so Kel are you gonna play and I'm like nope no thank you at like the age of six so sassy Kel coming out but I played I started at eight so kind of where you started to become competitive that's when I started learning how to play um -hmm. the game really really quickly I was more of a swimmer I was a really fast swimmer as well so I had that background and I genuinely don't know if I ever really fully wanted to play for me water polo because my mom wanted me to play so badly. I don't, well, you know, can connect or relate to that, but you know, I feel like a lot of athletes actually struggle with that, you know, and that I kind of started experiencing that with my friends when we got into high school and just like having to make that decision. Like, do I want to play for me or am I playing for someone else? But for me, soccer was always fun and I was good at it and I love being good at things so Mm -hmm. I kept playing and then I think around middle school when you know we'll jump into like the ODP and stuff but when that all started happening I think middle school is really when it kind of went from this sport that I love because it's fun into this sport is my golden ticket into college Mm -hmm. and take it that much more seriously no, 100%. I totally agree with that. I, I, when you said middle school, it just like took me back to when I was in elementary school and remembered it was so much fun. Even middle school was pretty fun playing the sport with my best friends. And then it definitely took a turn and I started playing 
up in age. So I was playing with the 18 and unders when I was like 12 and it started to become more of a job or that's what it felt like. Don't get me wrong. I had the best time sports as a kid allows you to travel all around the nation. And if you're lucky, uh, globally, internationally, and I was definitely lucky enough to do that as well. So I think that that fine line between am I playing this for me? Am I playing this for fun? Or am I doing this as a job is definitely there. And if it's not your passion, it is hard as a young kid to, to say no, I don't want to play it, you know, because your parents want you to play it so badly. That was never, I never once in my entire soccer career contemplated, do I want to stop? Like that was never on my mind. I always knew I was going to play. But I do think for anyone out there who is like wanting to play in a college level or like maybe you have kids that you would love to play at a college level, this that age group of middle school teetering into those high school years like you that's really when you've got to make sure that you're doing all of the right things um and you're getting the proper exposure you're competing at a certain level and I think that's where the switch happened you know because the stakes were getting higher it was state teams regional teams national teams came into play college scouts were at your tournaments you know and we're 12 13 years old and we're being exposed to this Mm -hmm. That's kind of when the stakes get higher, it kind of like, my gosh, what's the term? Like the pool of soccer players kind of gets smaller and smaller, you know, because people either don't have the talent to make it at that level or they're like, I don't want to commit that much time because the higher in the levels you get, the more time you have to commit, the more you have to train, the more you're traveling, the more you're missing things. Mm -hmm. Um, It really does become a job. And it becomes a job at such a young age too. Don't know uh, Olympic development ODP. What is it? Olympic development. Olympic development program. Uh, is uh, basically the ticket for you to get to the Olympics or to make national teams. And it's, it's one of those things, at least in water polo, where you have to go to the camps, you have to go to ODP camps, you have to, uh, you know, sacrifice your weekend at 13 when your kids are, when your kids, when your friends are going to the mall and you can't go because you have to go, you know, play in a, a choosing, what are they called? Choosing camp selection camp. It's tryouts. So they, they section it off by year you're born and there's one for every state in the nation, but because California is so big, they split it into NorCal and Cal South, but so everyone in Southern California who plays at a certain level and they were born in the year of 1994, like I was in 94, you get invited to their tryouts. The first tryout I ever went to was in Oxnard, I think, and I lived in Carlsbad, so it was quite a commute and there's hundreds of girls at these tryouts and you practice, you do trainings for an entire weekend and then they make a team out of all the girls that are trying out and you either make it or you don't make it. And I definitely was the one who made them. Um, I was really, I wasn't competitive in the sense of like, I have to make this team because like I said before, I really don't know if I play this sport for me or for other people, but Mm -hmm. making the team just like going to college 
was inevitable. I had to do it. I was required to do it by my mom. And she sounds like she was really hard <laughs> the way that I'm kind of describing her, but it was just the standard that she held me at. And making those teams were great. I was able to go to the Dominican Republic, to go to Italy, go to so many different places at such a young age. But at the same time, I don't know how much, how worth it it was when I had to sacrifice so many friendships or so many different parties I couldn't go to or just being a kid by itself. Right. I know that's really when it gets hard when I look back and I'm like, well, like I literally everything revolved around soccer. Um, but for ODP, like I didn't even know what that was. And one of my coaches just said that I had to go to the tryouts and that I was invited to go to the tryouts. So I went and I had, I was a player up until probably the age of, I think 12 was the first year I made ODP or like went to a tryout, but I was a player that just like, I showed up and I did my job. I didn't care who we were playing. I didn't care what tournament it was. I never knew anything about like brackets and you play this team if this team wins. Like I did not pay attention to that stuff. I just showed up and played. So these tryouts happened and I felt like oh, there was a lot of pressure because I remember seeing so many girls there, but I just did my job and I played and I made it. And I'll never forget we were in an auditorium and I was panicking because they read off a list of names in front of everyone that is there and then you like walk up and stand in front of everyone so they were like going through this list and I was like oh my god is my name gonna get called and then it got called and ever since then I made the team and I think that's when I like realized my potential and kind of like realized like okay Erica like if you just made this team they had I was captain of the team like it was just all these things were happening that I never thought I was capable of achieving or even doing or never would have guessed that I would be there. I'm so glad that you brought up the point of like calling the names out in front of everyone. It's just terrible. Like I know that we have to get through adversity and you have to be uncomfortable, whatever, but it was just like so uncomfortable when you tried your best and your best friend tried your best and you make it and they don't like, it's just so something that I just wish I didn't have to deal with at such a young age. But on top of that, to piggyback off of you just going and playing, I was the exact same. I was the player who I was like the defensive player, the person who kind of kept the entire team together, like the glue, not necessarily the culture part, but in the game as a defensive player in water polo, you really are the one who is, you know, go here, go there and keeping it together. Obviously goals win games, but defense also, you know, you only have to score one if your defense is great. So all in all, I was the one as well who just showed up and played and I never ever would think, oh, I have to be that person. Or I, there was this one time when I was a kid who my best friend, Maggie Steffens, who is a four time Olympic gold medalist in water polo. Now uh, we were playing when we were maybe like eight and she was seven. And this girl on the other team was hurting me, I guess. And I was like, Oh, I'm, like it hurts so bad. And I was eight years old and Maggie was like, what number? And that just proves like, I had no idea. I never knew what number I was playing against. I, I just played the game. It wasn't a matter of me oh, I have to beat number eight like that. No, it was just I'm in, I'm playing the game to play the game. 
Right. No, yeah, I was the same way too. And the, the only reason I started getting to know other players was because of ODP. I mean, you're exposed to – so ODP, like you make the team – and then you go to tournaments where you play against the other ODP teams from the other states. So you get to meet and you, you do it every year. It's like an annual thing. So that was probably my favorite part of soccer, honestly, as I was getting older, was just the traveling that we did, um, the memories I was able to make with my teammates, being on my own. Like that was the first time I'd ever traveled alone, you know, um, it just... I feel like it makes you mature very quickly. And I've always been one that's been mature for my age, but anyone who's listening and is like trying to get to that next level, like you've got to, you've got to be on ODP. You've got to be talking to the right coaches and making sure that you're at the right tournaments, especially if your end goal is college. Yeah. Because ODP was around during when I was in high school, as well as our club was really important. I know sometimes some sports club isn't that important, but for water polo it is because we have really big tournaments in the summer. Mm -hmm. And so high school was a time for me to be able to relax. It was a time, even though we were really good. And I know that it's super frustrating to be a good player on a bad team, but yeah, we were, we were really good. So it was super fun. It was a lot less stressful in terms of making teams and, and, I personally loved high school water polo because it was just a time to flourish and enjoy, enjoy myself. Yeah. I was kind of the same. Um, club was everything for soccer. Like yeah, what club team you were on said a lot about the type of player you were mm-hmm. um, and the type of connections you had to colleges. So like club um, and even ODP still like that's really where you get, the college exposure to college recruits because they attend. I remember going to a regional camp and they were always in Idaho and our practices would have the guidelines of every college you could possibly think of just sitting there watching you. <laughs> like There's pressure just everywhere. But when high school came around, my high school team sucked. Like, we were not known for soccer, which was so frustrating. And I made varsity my freshman year, um, every year of high school, actually. But my club coaches actually would always tell us not to play high school because that's where you would get injured. And it's where I got injured. Um, So they would say, like, don't play it if you can, like, just train with someone, like, do one-on-ones or something because they hated that we would come back from the high school season and our team would just be injured. Wow. I never really thought about that. Yeah. It was seriously so much fun. Freshman year, I I also every year made the varsity team. And then I started getting mail in the mail from college. And that's kind of where it starts. It starts when you get into high school. Colleges are allowed to start sending you mail. Yeah. I still have them. They're in my garage. I just remember getting, I remember like getting, handwritten notes from coaches that said that they had been watching me for years, but I never paid attention to them because a lot of them were out of state and I was like not leaving California, but I even got stuff in like eighth grade and it's, it wasn't like, I want to recruit you come play for me. It was like, come to our camp because when you're that young, they legally cannot start recruiting you. Like you have to wait until high school. But then once high school started, it was, it was insane. Like I would get a letter 
or something like every week. And my parents would just be like, do you even know the coaches there? I'm like, no, but I'm flattered. Like it's, it's very eye opening to, to see the colleges that have been paying attention to you or have been watching you and to just think that they've been investing that time and want you to go to their school. Like it's such an honor and it's such a compliment. Yeah. I, I, the amount of stuff that I used to get was insane. And I, the thing is, is I knew all of the coaches because all of the water, big water polo colleges are in California. So it was kind of one of those easier decisions because I didn't want to leave California. And I knew all the coaches just because of my, who my mom is. I grew up, some of the, the coaches in college, like took care of me as a baby. Like that's how an into water polo like I was considered water polo royalty at one point because of who my mom was so I knew everyone I knew who they were I knew where they came from and so getting these letters was like eh eh and it wasn't the fact that I wasn't humbled or wasn't grateful it was just uh it had to happen it was inevitable it was ingrained in my head yeah I mean mine was ingrained but for a different reason so like I love that you had your mom there to guide you. And like, that was just the norm for you. But this was all so new to me and my family. We figuring it out as we went um, and talking to coaches or mentors that we had and just the soccer world and like asking advice, like, what is this school? Like, what does this coach do? You know, um, which was also really exciting because my parents were obviously thrilled that I was getting offers from, colleges and they knew that they wanted all their girls to go to college and we all have mm-hmm. my sister my younger sister is about to graduate um but yeah my parents we I just I like, couldn't believe it I was like what is even happening <laughs> so, so since you just kind of spoke a little bit about the fact that you were asking other soccer players or coaches because you really didn't know how to gauge it or what questions to ask. I think this is a really good opportunity to really explain the recruiting process of an athlete for not only the athlete to ask questions, but for the parents to really ask questions. Because like you said to me, my mom guided me, but she really didn't. She didn't want to help me make my decision because she wanted me to make it for me. But in the grand scheme of things, she didn't help me make the decision, but she probably did ask the questions that some parents might not know that are really important. And since we did have that incident happen that we'll talk about in the next few episodes, you know, I think now we can really speak and give some really great advice for up and coming collegiate athletes. I think my biggest advice, just like looking back on how I went about it, because for me, I needed a full ride. Like I absolutely, there was no way in hell my parents were going to pay, nor could we afford it for college. So that was a non-negotiable for me. It For me, it was had to be in California, preferably Southern California, and I needed a full ride. And whatever school offered that to me, I was going to go to. And SDSU just happened to offer that. So that's where I went. SDSU was never on my radar. I honestly never had a college that I was like, oh my God, that's where I want to go. So because that's how I went about it, just very like whoever's going to offer me the most money, that's where I'm going. I don't recommend doing that. (laughs) Um, I think you should definitely do your research on the school itself, like take sports out of it. Because if there is a chance that 
you don't play that sport all four years, are you going to like the school just by itself? Are you going to want to stay there? Mm-hmm. Is it something you can see yourself being for there for four years? Um, so that would be my first tip when looking into colleges to play at, you know, like do your his- do your research on the actual school itself. My second one would be because when you're in the recruiting process, the schools that really want you and the ones that you're really interested in, you know, they'll have you come up for an unofficial visit where you like tour the campus and you stay the night with some of the teammates or the girls on the team that will eventually be your teammates. That is your opportunity to really ask the girls as much as you want, because the girls are going to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. They're that's something that I learned even on my unofficial visit. You know, they're they're very black and white. If you have a question, they're answering it. For the coaches, they're obviously trying to recruit you. So they're going to make it look very, like, Bluffy. faithful. They're going to market the shit out of it, you know. Mm-hmm. So really, really go to the teammates and feel confident enough to ask whatever questions that you may have or that you would want to know about the team culture, the team environment, the coaches, like what's the season look like? What's a typical day in the life of a college athlete? You know, like I never knew that. And I didn't ask that. I was just thrown into the schedule that we had. Definitely. And to phrase some questions, it's like the one thing that I would really recommend, like Erica just said, is like, what does a day in the life of a student athlete look like? Like an actual day. Like Mm -hmm. what type of college do you want to go to, whether it's a big school or a small school and the layout of it, like Erica said as well, like you want to love it without sport, but with sport, what does it look like? And what does it look like without sport? Because as you'll get to know what Erica went through and not playing in the long run, like, you know, she decided to stay and, and that was a big decision. Whereas I decided to leave because myself there without sport and if I had only chosen the college that I ended with it could have been a lot more of a difference in my life but like I said like we've both said everything happens for a reason so I don't regret any of it it's just something to really think about like what does your day in the life look like how do you party what does the um season look like because at USC they're, they were really different, really, really different no matter what. I was very much more aware of the NC2A rules at USC versus Cal. I was not aware of any of the rules. And um, when I mean rules, and I don't know if you know this, Erica, but I'm sure you do, where you can practice 20 hours a week. Yeah. And during season, you're allowed to practice. I believe it's 20 hours a week or something like that. And I didn't know that at Cal at all was not aware. At USC, I was very aware. I knew exactly how long we needed, how long we were required, and how long legally we were allowed to be at practice. And I think that that kind of goes to show the transparency at USC versus the transparency that I had dealt with at Cal. And I would have rather chosen a transparent school. Yeah. I mean, you guys are going to hear in the next episode, like what actually went down for us but something that I would have known going into SDSU or wish I would have known is that um, your scholarship is granted annually 
it's not the full four years. And I was recruited under the impression that no matter what, I was going to have the scholarship for the four years. But when everything happened, it was brought to my attention that it's just annually. So that's something that, you know, we were in, in the dark about and we had no idea about. And it really, not that it screwed us, but it that's what made the whole thing really hard. 100%. And I, I went through the same thing as well with scholarship issues. And, and not only do you need to know about that, because that's factual, but really study the history of the team. And if I would have done that research, I would have definitely thought about not going to Berkeley. I mean, it's, it's such a hard decision for, I mean, we were four, we were 17 at the time, 18, you know, you're still a kid. You're not thinking about these types of questions. Um, but I, I really do think like Kel just said, do your research on the coach. Mm-hmm. If you can go to a school where you know the coach, I would take that in a heartbeat over going somewhere with the coach I've never met. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I knew my coach from when I was like 12. So yikes. <laughs> Why it was a bit of a shock. Then you guys will hear what happened. But I do agree. Like if you don't know the coach, it's a bit weird, but really look at the integrity of the team and the coach. Cause I think that's really important. And also the integrity of the athletic board and kind of the policies. I'm not saying that this is going to happen to this is literally one in a million that this ever does happen and you'll hear what happened oddly eric and i went through the exact same thing but it's your job to figure out if it aligns with you as a player and as a person because i think so many just look at the athletic side and just look at okay yeah like this coach or i like this team but do they have the the right major for you do they have um a, a really good networking after college really important to look into that and of course totally understand if you're strapped for money and you have a full ride and that's all you can do and all you can take but just really try and do your research so you're prepared and you're aware of your rights basically yeah I mean you just I think like I said in the beginning you know if you like the school without the sport that you're playing then I think it's a great option Mm -hmm. um and major, you know, like that's something I never looked into, but majors are really important. Also, if you haven't done this already, like what is your career of choice after you finish playing your sport? Mm-hmm. Because that's what major you want to choose. And that's something I never thought about. Um, so there's a, there's a lot of things to take into consideration. If your parents, like my parents didn't go to college and you're just like unsure of the entire process in general, I never looked for help. I just kind of winged it and figured it out but go to one of your high school teachers talk to someone on the academic board at the school you know like just do your homework and put yourself out there because you want to be very confident in the decision that you're going to be making a hundred percent and we're not saying all of this to scare you this is really just factual information that you should know as if you are listening to this and you are young and you don't feel comfortable asking these questions Ask your parents to help you with that. If you are in the situation that Erica was in and doesn't, you know, don't have that um, background of the sport, like how my mom is in the sport and everything, definitely have your parents do research and help you with that. Because all in all, it is your decision, but you're going to be there for the next four years. Are you happy for those four years or are you going to force yourself to be happy for lack of better words? 
yeah, there's a lot of things to take into consideration, but these are just things that we wish we did or considered back then or that we think can help you guys. Um, did you want to add anything else, Kel? I guess more on a lighter note, the recruiting process in regards to the trips are seriously so fun. So I would highly recommend trying to go on every recruiting trip possible because that is the best time of your senior year in high school. It is seriously so much fun. You get taken care of by so many cool people and it's just a really great time to see what each school is about. So really try and get into those recruiting weekends because wow, I had a blast. Yeah, no, they're so fun. Um and it's just it's just eye opening, you know, like it gets you ready for that next chapter of your life and yeah, soak it all in, enjoy every ride of it because once you do make your decision and it's signing day for all the athletes at your high school, it's an exciting time and you rep your school name and you see where everyone's going and you sign that contract basically of committing to that school. And it's just, you made it, you accomplished the goal that you set out to accomplish. And it's a very rewarding experience. It's a very rewarding time. And it's, it should be celebrated. You know, like when I went to sign my letter on signing day, it was brought to my attention that it's like one or 2% of all athletes in the nation make it to college. So you, the fact that you're even at that level or considering that level or that that level may be in your future, that in itself, it's a huge, huge, huge accomplishment because so many people can't say the same. Yeah, definitely. I think that it's just an incredible experience. It really is. And Really, really soak it all up and let's hear about our college experience first come because, wow, freshman year was fun. Freshman year is where it is at. It really is. So listen to that now on the next episode.